Cinema Sins has a fan club. It's called the Sin Club, and members get all sorts of things like early episodes, bonus videos, merch discounts, and even monthly bonus podcasts. Membership starts at $3 a month, and you can sign up now at patreon.com slash cinemasins. You're like, that, that would have been the YouTube, the, the internet comments, almost all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And today we have a very special guest. It's the director and co-writer of a movie called Every Last One of Them, uh, Christian Sesma. Uh, the movie comes out in theaters on demand and digital on October 22nd. Christian, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so what was the inspiration for your story? Um, well, look, I mean, it was this uh, script came across uh, to me from my producing partner, Mike Hatton, and uh, the sales guys over and the producers over at 101. Uh, mm-hmm. films in the uk and um when i got the script it was a very different it was a different title different a lot of things and but i felt it had like the really great bones to be something special if i was allowed to kind of go off on this daughter storyline and really just rework it and mm-hmm. uh, they were totally they were totally supportive and really creatively uh, allowed me to do what i wanted to do and, you know, I was like, look, I'm a giant Taylor Sheridan fan with River, this, that, the other. So I tried to kind of take this standard, you know, Rambo first blood, shoot him up and kind of right. use this really deeper layered storyline about really failed fatherhood, which is the what I think is the core of this movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, you have a, a variety of characters here who... Yep. Uh, are all, all kind of um you know they're kind of bad guys but even your hero doesn't kind of doesn't come out of this completely clean is that no. sort of what you were going for yeah 100 percent. i mean i think this is what we're trying to ground it and um and really just make it that you know there's really i think it's in, in life it's very you know the heroes and the villains and those lines get pretty blurred most of the time and, and it's really interesting to kind of explore that and 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 like I've said before, you know, Paul Sloan's character Jake and, and he and Paul did an amazing job in this, and that was the idea is to kind of give him something to shine here that, that I knew he would, but really just give his character um, something to really deal with. But really, it's it's this whole movie is of is is of Jake Jake's own making, mm-hmm. you know? and uh, it's some of those things, those themes that we go through life and we go, man, I, we didn't know that these decisions would have these consequences, but they do. Yeah. He is, uh, yeah. You, you mentioned the, uh, failed, uh, fatherhood and, and everything. And many times throughout this movie, especially the Richard Dreyfus character talks about how this guy goes out and he is, uh, the guy who protects other people, but he wow. has somehow failed with his daughter. Could you give some background on your main character who is Jake Hunter? Yeah. So, I mean, Jake is that, I mean, I think it's, he's an everyman. I mean, he's a, he's a, you know, the typical special forces character in these kind of movies, but what I wanted to kind of really dig deeper storyline wise is, you know, I'm a father and, 
you know, I have two girls and, you know, I, 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 my cinematographer who is like, he's a father. We always talk about what it is to, to be in this business as, 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 as parents. And I think it's military. It's very similar. You go off, you spend time away from the family. You're trying to figure it out as you go and Mm -hmm. this kind of, these kind of things. And so with this character, Jake, um, we really try to mine for that and really make that his core storyline as opposed to what it was originally is like, you know, he's, he's out, he's doing these missions, he's doing that, but very much like, Jeremy Renner's character in Hurt Locker, you kind of are you kind of are about that life. You you mm-hmm. you need that life, and you you put a lot of things on the on the back burner. And in this case, Jake Hunter, he put his family on the back burner. You know, yeah. And it's not, and it's one of those things. It's not even conscious. You know, you just go through it. And you're trying. Right. There's even a moment where it seems like he's doing what I mean, what in his head is the right thing, in a flashback when he leaves the care of his daughter to his brother played by Michael Madsen. Uh, and it's interesting the, when she, he comes over and, and he apparently hasn't talked to his brother for a really long time. Yeah. Brother, brother in arms. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he, he hasn't talked to him for a really long time and he, and he drops his daughter off basically. And like almost immediately leaves after yeah. just a couple of conversations. And it seems like the right thing. This guy's been through, you know, yeah, drug abuse. Right. And, and I know it's like when I did that, and again, these, all these, this was all not in the script. I mean, we were very much riffing and playing jazz as we went with this stuff with when it comes to really like the daughter storyline was not central to this movie. And it oh, really, really at all. I mean, it was, it was a part of it and it was a, it was, uh, um, a, a, the, the trope of it was there, but it wasn't as anything near what it is now and how central her character, Claire Nias, uh, who plays, um, Melissa, like nothing like how that is. All those things were definitely added, uh, mm. way later. So even, even the stuff between Dreyfus, I was saying this in another interview, the, the stuff between Dreyfus and Paul Sloan, like in the park and all those things. That, that was like me going, guys, let's let's run around the corner and grab this improv pickup flashback sequences where I can just we can just delve deeper into this part of of him as a father. He's just not a good dad. And he thinks he is. He's trying to do the good thing, but he's just not a good dad. That's it. It sounds like soldier, bad dad. <laughs> and that's right. the same character, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh that that sounds like something that I don't hear about often in a movie like this, which is uh, almost sheer action drama uh, type of thing. I don't ever hear about let's go do some improv somewhere uh, for, for a scene for this movie. Uh, that's 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 pretty unusual, right? I I you know what I that's kind of how I roll. So I I don't yeah. know. I, would, I wouldn't know any any other way. But I mean, I kind of. Do, I always say that, you know, we, we talk about, we have this, we have this saying, like when me and my DP step on set, you know, we're like, look, I don't know if you remember back to the future. You're like, when Marty McFly is about to play the rock and roll song, he's like, this is a blues riff and B guys watch for the changes and try to keep up. Right. And it's kind of, yeah. like, that's kind of what indie films are. You're, you're playing jazz with a lot of things. And if you can take that and, and make that your kind of, um mantra in a way you allow so many new things to kind of come into where it wasn't before you know yeah 
So. Do you care to get into the uh, what was what the script was originally, since it didn't have the daughter element really that it, much? It was in there, but it was literally like I could tell you it was almost as if somebody took the script for Rambo: First Blood and just changed the character names, and that was it. Oh, really? Because <laughs> that's where you sort of get that element yeah, still well, yeah, in the movie, there. The movie was called Hunter. Originally, I was like, guys, I'm, I can't do that. That's. <laughs> okay. uh, so there was a lot. So there's a lot of things. It was like, but again, they were very cool, and the company was great, and they trusted me with it, and which I'm very, very appreciative of, and I'm really proud of this movie. So I mean, I think you know all the all the the right decisions were made that we, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that we kind of elevated what would have just been a standard shoot 'em up that we've seen a thousand and one times. Right. Uh, obviously I would like to get into your casting. You have, uh, now I, I was not familiar with Paul Sloan, but he's been in a lot of your movies apparently. So you guys apparently get along really well. So tell me what it's like to have that kind of relationship with a guy like that. Look, I mean, it's great. It's one of those things we met. We had a mutual manager years and years ago, and we've literally been, uh, basically like, best friends since i mean for over a decade and just like not just like personal best friends but also really great collaborators between this and i mean he's been a bunch of stuff that we've done night crew which is great vigilante diaries which was amazing that's his movie and then mm-hmm. now this is his other like paul sloan movie you know so it's always great and it's it's a dream when you're able to work with your friends and and, and make movies i mean that's definitely the dream for sure so I just imagine you guys going off to make a movie together. <laughs> it's like that. So. <laughs> he looks, he looks like, I don't know, man. He, he is, he is, uh, he, he really does look the part in this. Does, oh, does he oh, have you mean that? Oh, I'll tell you how, how he really is, is you yell cut and he's like, Oh dude, let's go watch. I got to go to the comic book store and like hang with my cats no and, way uh, oh my god, oh god. it like, would be like chris and i doing a movie together <laughs> exactly it would be very much like that yes no uh, no man. paul paul is the, the biggest comic book nerd movie guy like that's we're just all big he just looks like leonidas but he's really like Kevin <laughs> <Smith>. <laughs> i mean gosh what a what an absolute brute of a man this guy is man he's a, oh my he's god a brute of a man he's- He's but the he's the petting his cats and reading comic books. He's the male Rosario <laughs> Dawson because you know right. she's, a, she's a huge comic book person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Uh. Obviously, you have a lot of like uh. Uh. You know, well known. I mean, Richard Dreyfus is in this. Michael Madsen, Taron Manning, Jake Weber. All yeah, these are great. are s- solid people. So yeah, uh, yeah. Tell me how tell me how you got uh, them in the movie and uh, what was what it was like to work with. Well, them. I mean, Taryn's a friend, so and she now lives in Palm Springs, and that's where I'm based out of, and that's basically where we shot oh. this movie, the Palm Springs area. This is all shot in my backyard, which made it so easy to do, and that's why we we're able to do the things that we did so easily mm-hmm. during COVID, I mean, during the height of COVID, the second shutdown, but. Um, so Tara's a friend and I was like, Hey, I'm making this crazy movie. You want to do it? And she's like, yeah, let's have fun. And it was the first time we worked together. And then, um, <laughs> Hatton, uh, Mike Hatton, the producer, you know, was able to bring on Jake Weber and Dreyfus who really just brought the, just that heavy, great acting, uh, chops to it. You right. Know? So they're just always great. And Jake is always just so under understated in the movie until he's not, you know, he's just, he's just an incredible, incredible actor. And I think that this movie really works because he, he really brings it. So yeah, they're, they're just all great. I couldn't be happy with such a, you know, 
for such a cast for sure. I, I was actually rewatching the uh, the 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 um, the Zack Snyder remake of Dawn of the Dead the other day, and I had forgotten yeah. Weber was in that. I totally. was like, God, I haven't seen Jake Weber in a minute. And that was that was really cool to pop this on and see. Right, him. you're like Jake Weber. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Dreyfus, like I, I guess I don't I don't know is is he a fixer? Is that what we're gonna call him? I'm not, but uh, I I just I love that. Just you know, he's about to be 74. I looked it up. Oh, you uh, mean Dreyfus? Dreyfus. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I just thought it was I just thought he was like, man, that guy still got it. I mean, he comes into that town with uh with all those people and just you know takes over the situation. You totally buy it 100. percent That like, why wouldn't you drop everything and listen to Richard Dreyfus tell you what to do? Right, exactly, and that's <laughs> uh, that's that's basically the, the character he was playing. And like I said, remember when I said that in the original script, that was a total Rambo ripoff. You know that the Troutman character comes mm-hmm. in. That's very much who Richard Dreyfuss is in this one, but we but we changed it. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, you did because you really, you know, you really don't know until the end, really, who he's even who's helping. Side yeah. Yeah, um, you uh, you you mentioned that you shot this around Palm Springs. This is set yep. in California, though, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, um, that that area that you shoot it in, especially the part where uh, where uh, Jake's getting lost in the woods or whatever. It's like yeah. I guess it's a bunch of palm trees all in a row, like in this huge like. I guess that's what it is, right? A bunch of palm trees sort of like all in a big, huge cluster of some sort. Yeah. Um, I mean, out here, there's miles of agriculture. I mean, the Coachella Valley is uh, an agricultural. Um, that's that's the basic number one reason of money maker out here in the Coachella Valley. So uh, out in the East Valley is what we call it near Salton Sea. There's just acre i mean miles and miles of date fields and palm trees and different things and so when this again the script originally was set out in the woods and all this kind of other thing again very much like first blood mm-hmm. so when they were like hitting me up about shooting it locally here i was like well look i have miles of tr- rows of trees that this character could just get lost in mm-hmm. and that you know he could take off from where he was at at the at the Jake Weber and Tara Manning's uh, estate and just gets lost out in these trees. They just, it, it really is a giant maze out there for miles. Yeah. So that's, I was like, that's narratively, that's how we kind of adjusted it. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a, uh, that, that's always a fun shot when you have that overhead of all of those trees and everything, just, right. to, totally. just, to, just miles of them and everything. And like, how are they going to find this guy? Uh, in the middle of all of this. And uh, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, and not really uh, a part of, not really a part of California. I feel like you see that much in movies, right? I mean, that's, that's. No, you, it's, it, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where people are like, where are you, Cambodia? Yeah. I'm like, you're just basically in the back, <laughs> you know, the back fields here. But I'm it's down, just, I'm down it's, the street it's almost from like, you. imagine like a corn maze, you know, or like a field of corn. You're just miles of it out there. You know, you just get right. out there. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Yeah. 
Um, what was your toughest day on set? Ooh, let me think. Uh, you know, this shoot was pretty great. I mean, we you know we were coming off of a very tough shoot before that, months before that, on when we did Take Back. But I think, uh, you know what, the, the shoot went fairly very smooth on this one. It was really great. You know, we had gotten in the groove with how to deal with COVID and COVID protocols. The cast mm-hmm. was great. There was no no problems. Nobody was a pain in the ass. It was it was really a really great <laughs> shoot. We really had fun on this one. Oh come on, Jake Weber was probably just being a diva on set. We all know. Oh no, man, was, I would so. love to tell you stories. Nobody was a diva. Everybody, <laughs> I was the biggest diva on this movie. Oh okay, <laughs> okay. No, it, it was good. It was it was really it was really a blast. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, see. I wish I had some good stories for you. Like Paul Sloan didn't get out of his trailer until we gave him like green M&Ms and a Red Bull, but nope. It wasn't like that. You have that, you have that uh, Island of Dr. Moreau stuff, you know, that's so juicy. No, for sure. (laughs) Um, Is there any, are there, did uh, any of these uh, experienced actors um, uh, help you learn anything about filmmaking during this? Like, you know, you got Dreyfus, you got Madsen, you got people who've been around forever. Um, Uh, I don't know if it was definitely any about the filmmaking process. I think Dreyfus just always puts on a masterclass on the acting side mm-hmm. um, on that side. I mean, you know, when it comes to the technical side of filmmaking, I don't think there was anything like that, but it just, I think it was just, with, with Dreyfus, you're dealing with Jake and Dreyfus are both very, very hardcore thespians, you know, like they really mm-hmm. were delving deep into their characters and stuff like that. But I, I don't know. I think really the best parts were Dreyfus's stories on, on Jaws and in close oh. encounters and stuff like that. We, I could just sit there for hours and listen to him ramble on about all that. <laughs> so, oh yeah. You know, one thing I'm, I'm just fascinated by the, uh, a lot of these, the, the working on a, on a pretty big, uh, or just working on an action movie with a, you know, an independent action movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm just curious about the, like, do, do you feel like that makes you a little more creative with what you're doing? I mean, are you limited with, like, I don't know, like you only have so many gunshots you can pull off that day or blood, you well, know, well, I, look, I don't I know mean, if that all makes those, sense. All those gunshots are VFX, right? So yeah. we, we weren't able to shoot blanks on those days and things like that. But um, I don't know. I think, I think the most part here was action aside. It was really coming up with ideas and inspirations to keep the drama going with the family mm-hmm. and the daughter and the, and Dreyfus and, and Dreyfus and Paul's characters, those kind of were, where we really changed up a lot. That's what really evolved in this script more than anything else. Cause the mm-hmm. action beats were similarly the action beats, but really just like changing a lot of things of, you know, Taryn and Jake's character and the deal that they were trying to, you know, they were trying to do with the water deal and all these other things that just kind of made it try to be a little bit more interesting than just, you know, bad guys, bad sheriff money or what have you. So, <laughs> so that, so that, so water, I mean, I mean, I guess you are in the desert, so I guess water yeah. really is a big, big deal out there, it's, right? It's, 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 <laughs> it's more big of a deal than oil out here for sure. I'm out mm. in California too. I mean, especially now in the drought, this, that, and the other, I mean, that water is just becoming the biggest commodity, uh, you know, I you know, period out. I mean, just in the world, clean water, that kind of stuff. So when, when we were trying to come up with this 
idea of what's really important and what kind of deals like with the government and you know and, and Jake Weber having the security company that keeps the corporate interests of the senator and all these deals kind of things it's a little bit of Chinatown-esque kind of things yeah you know water seemed to be the better play that that was a little obscure but especially out in the desert you know I, I think it's it's uh it's apropos of how that connects to the story enough for us to just keep driving driving towards the end you know yeah, absolutely. And, and they then, were just trying to cover stuff up. You know, these guys yeah. were trying to cover it up. And, you know, Jake's daughter could derail that with press and the law and government and stuff like that. Well, you yeah. know, yeah, it's kind of one of those things like you watch like Batman Returns and like that, you know, Christopher Walken, that's like what he wants. You know, he's trying to control the water. And it seems so silly there. But like when you're watching Chinatown or, or right. this, you know, it's you're real. like, no, that actually makes sense. Like that would be. Uh, that makes more sense than a lot of plots they have in like California crime films. Um, also, I wanted to ask the the Taron Manning and the Jake Weber characters. You, I thought it was cool that you made them brother and sister. Yep. Um, as opposed to you know a couple or or, or whatever she's a hen- or a, he's a henchman or however you would do it. Was it always was that always the plan or did it go through some different no. iterations? Yeah. No. I, the brother and sister. We we creatively battled about that a little bit, and I really was adamant about making having that sibling relationship and the son be this kind of fuck up character son that just was the mm-hmm. loser kid that was always a pain in their asses. And, 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 um, and originally I, I believe that the, the Taryn Manning character was like an old lady mm-hmm. and, wow. uh, that kind of stuff. So it just, it was too Ozarky for me. And it was, mm-hmm. I, I definitely wanted to play it definitely more Cersei, Jamie Lannister, Shakespearean kind of, oh, yeah. For sure. kind of vibe where you're, you're, you're really hinting at this incestuous, weird relationship without <laughs> going all the way there. I was, I'm glad that you brought that up because I was like, man, if I ask this question, you're either going to hate me no, or, totally or, 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 or you're going to be like, Oh, totally. That's what, you know, uh, cause there is that, mo- there yeah. is that sort of, uh, like, glad are they... I, yeah, I'm glad you guys got it. That's totally weird. Yeah. Yeah. Are they like, uh, doing it? You know, that's sort of what you're going for in this thing. And it's like, and, and I, and I actually had forgotten, that they weren't brother and sister in a couple of moments. Right. So. And you're like, and which brings us back. It constantly keeps it interesting and weird and keeps the audience guessing. And then also I always feel as reinforces the drama of like, well, yeah, they're just twisted, sick people. Mm-hmm. So they're going to do this kind of stuff. They are going to murder this girl. They are going to just cover things up because they're just, they're just twisted already. Yeah, for sure. I was actually, trying to think of who commits the biggest sin in this movie and uh, who do you think I, I know who i think well i i think it's the i think it's the cop but um the guy who gets <laughs> i don't want to spoil the movie but right uh it's 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 not it's not i don't think it's one of the main characters okay um uh i think the guy uh, there's a, there's a moment in there where, you know, but do you have different thoughts on who that is? I, I want to hear Jonathan's thought now. So I would say, to- I would say, yeah, the Brian Hayes Curie character is probably who I'm leaning towards. Well, interesting. All right. Okay, good. I, I like it. I like hearing other people's take on it. Cause I know, because in my opinion and the way I thought it and wrote it and try to shoot it was the person who commits the biggest sin of this is Paul Sloan. Huh. 
That, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think that's what's interesting about this movie. Right, right. right. But that's what's interesting that I think Jake Hunter is the, is the, is the, is the cause of all, is the cause of it all. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I just, well, no, that's true. I mean, no, that, and I, I think that would I, I be mean, like it's at like the if, core. If, if it was, if, if he had, if he had, it's one of those things where it's those like, you go back as a parent. I don't know if you guys are parents. If you go back or whatever and you go, if I had done this, would this have happened? This have happened? This have happened? Oh no, no. Yeah, no, I'm, 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 right. I've got a little so it's It's that kind yeah. of stuff. If you go down the rabbit hole you know, and you go towards a sequence of events, what happens with our choices, you know, it, none of this would have ever happened. But that's right. true. She right. wouldn't so, even be, she wouldn't even be at that party is what you're saying. No, that, that's totally true. She wouldn't even have true. needed to fill the hole and void mm-hmm. in her life. Right, right. Um, so it was and, that and, kind of stuff. But on the surface, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I think Brian, I, it's the kid. I mean, there's a lot of that yeah. kind of stuff. So, but I always try to, bring it back to Jake Hunter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no doubt about it. That's the kind of cool thing about this is that you can watch this straightforward and say, Oh yeah, Paul Sloan, he's kicking so much ass. He's amazing. And then by the end of it, be very satisfied by. Right. Well, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad you guys think so. Cause you know, I, I, we try to do it that way. I think, you know, I try to really end strong with this one with, you know, the cathartic moment and you really, and then we really finally see what happened. Right. But you can also uh, sit there and go, well, of all the people we're, we're being told are the bad guys in this situation, you know, what are, what, who's, who is more responsible for any of this going on and everything. And uh, it's the, that's the, I think that's the most interesting dynamic of this movie. Well, I'm uh, glad, I'm glad, I'm glad you do. Cause we really, we really tried to, to do that because if not we wouldn't like the fact that everybody's asking questions is great <laughs> like that's yeah. a great great thing because if not you would just sit there and some guys shoot guns and some guys get killed and that's it end of the story <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Next, yeah you'll hear people sometimes you know like you'll <laughs> you'll see like reviews of movies sometimes where it's like people are like i don't have anyone to root for and i'm, I'm just always like right. have you ever seen a film have you ever seen film noir like i mean it, it and it's not even so much. I, I don't. I guess, and I guess what most people mean by that is there's not like a like a 100 percent hero, right? But right. but yeah. like I I love where everybody's flawed, and you've kind of got to, you know, take what you can from each character and <laughs> root for that. I guess you know, root that they get better. I guess. Yeah. I, I, exactly. Exactly. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, t- talk about some of your action scenes here, especially the one towards the end when. Um, uh, when Jake is going towards the police station and he has yeah. to deal with a whole bunch of people and everything, what is it like, uh, creating one of those scenes and, and, uh, and, and, uh, you know, tell us the, what your thought process is going, uh, into staging action like that. Well, really it's a two man process. A lot, of, most of the time it's myself and, and my DP going, all right, cool. How do we make this look as big and cool as possible? And, you know, tactically as cool and makes any type of sense as possible. Why mm-hmm. he goes back in there, what he's trying to do, what what's the cat and mouse game he's trying to, is he luring them out? Is he just trying to go on this bloodlust mission of revenge? What What's the point here? And then obviously staging, you know, a shootout in the middle of a plaza, which is pretty crazy. And mm-hmm. you know, just a bunch of guys running around the middle of the city, which was really fun. Um, 
<laughs> I think it's just that. I think it was a very straightforward um, shootout where you had two sides. He comes in and breaks off and then is able to get away. Um, but with, again, without the support of, you know, my city out here, my backyard, I don't think we would have been able to cover so much ground and territory and stage it as big as we can on, on this kind of, uh, indie, indie scale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I always, uh, am fascinated how the action scene comes together because, uh, you know, I think sometimes you got people who are like, well, I'm going to shoot, you know, a million feet of footage and then I'm going to just edit it as fast as I can in in the editing room. And then, you know, then you have others who are really like looking into, you know, how they're going to stage their, their scenes and everything. So I'm always interested in the, in those questions. Um, Yeah. I mean, for us, it starts with the location and, you know, what, what are we trying to do and how can we, again, build the scope of it? Cause again, like I said before, in other interviews, like we shot this, during the height of the second shutdown of COVID out here. Mm-hmm. And everybody that I know was making COVID movies or like one room movies and this, mm-hmm. that. Oh yeah. Like, and I'm like, I don't want to do that. I want to make just a regular movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so that was always a challenge. So um, I think the ending is just kind of a, a great kind of shoot them up. That leads us to our finale. The, uh, the, the image in this movie that, uh, I can't get out of my head is it's in the trailer. If anybody wants to watch the trailer, but, uh, Richard Dreyfus shooting a gun into a car and just blasting away. Um, it is, and it is such a, I don't know. There's a satisfying resonance to that. I don't know if it's just the actor or if it's just the presentation or if it's a lot of those things, but did did is that something that you look at in the camera and going just yes this is what you know are you just like celebrating uh Here, when you see there's, it? A, there's a great story behind that because um that was definitely a caveat of dreyfus's when he signed on <laughs> oh really he goes, he goes i've never shot a gun on screen I was about to say, I feel like I've never seen him shoot anything before. Yeah, like what? Maybe one other film. One other film. It was some other movie. I forget. He says he shot, but not. He says it's never. It's never. He never gets to do that, right? So, on top of it, he really just hated the 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 Jake Weber, Tara Manning characters. Like he hated them. (laughs) So he was like, they got weak. I gotta kill him. He was. That was his biggest thing when he signed on. He was like. It's cool. I'm. I really. I want to do this, but I have to kill these people. And we mm-hmm. were like, really? And we were <laughs> like, because in the in when I rewrote it, Paul Sloan kills them. Oh and, yeah. And I was like, and that was the end. And he was like, no, 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 no. I gotta kill them. We all looked at each other, like Mike Hatton and myself and Paul. We looked at each other. We're like, man, if Dreyfus, Richard Dreyfus comes out with a machine gun and blows people away, people are going to shit their pants. That'll be so crazy. And so, and so we went down the rabbit hole of that. And we, when we shot the scene, interestingly enough, we did it with him. And then we did it with Paul Sloan doing it. So oh, we have interesting. Two versions. We have two versions of this, right? Because I wasn't quite sure what was going to work. Cause I was, I didn't, I didn't want to take that ending away from Paul. But then in the in the in the editing process, I felt what was more important was his finale with his daughter, right? Mm-hmm. That kind of 
We don't know if he's dead. We don't know if he's alive. We don't know if he died. And that's his last, the last vision of it. And it really became a, like, it really became clear. The showstopper was going to be putting dry fist right before the title comes up. Boom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it feels that way. Everybody who's seen it is like great ending. And then what a great button. Yeah. I, it's, I'm sitting there thinking of like, you know, if you're in Jake Weber and Taryn Manning's shoes in that, in that uh, scene where you, where the cop that's driving you down the road just stops and then gets out and then just kind of like, I don't know, looks like he's about to go take a leak or something or whatever, right. while this other car is blocking the road. It's, it's a great setup. Like if it, it's almost like their horror movie uh coming to life uh in that you know so it's uh it's one of those it's a it's a fun sort of staging of a you know uh of the of a character of the characters like you know final moments or whatever so right because uh, you think they're gonna get away right you mm-hmm. think oh yeah you think all they did was get off the hook they get arrested they get taken off and you're like wow that sucks Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, well, especially. No. <laughs> right. Well, especially since we've been told uh, time and again through this movie, they they run that town. They don't, right. ha- you know. So it, it's it's a natural expectation that that's going to happen. So right. And look, yeah. it can't be that title. It can't, it can't be every last one of them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, exactly. True. It's in the yeah, title. Yeah, I mean, you. I know I definitely would have been like, wait a minute, why is it called that again? Yeah, uh, at the end, you'd have been like, almost all of them? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. You're like, that, that would have been the YouTube, the, the internet comments, almost all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it becomes a completely different movie. You're making right. a comedy at that it's point. It's like uh, people telling me they figured out the twist of Malignant, and I'm always like, well, it's called Malignant, so I don't, you know... <laughs> Right. I feel like I feel like you should know that's what's going to happen, you know. All right. Uh Jonathan, do you have anything else? Uh we can uh, we'll probably have to wrap this up. Yeah, yeah, we're getting close. No, I I I got my questions in. So, I just okay. I, it was really fun talking to you, man. Do you have anything coming up you want to you want to discuss? Yeah, look, Dreyfus and I just did another movie. Wow. Uh, awesome. Abandonment. It's a thriller. Uh we shot in Alabama and then and that was uh that was in September and then I just got done uh i just wrapped last literally last night my new big action picture called section eight which i'm sure you guys will hear about it has a who's who of action stars and it's pretty bananas i mean it's definitely a a next level career thing so it's gonna really yeah it's gonna be pretty crazy big gigantic action amazing actors and uh excited to really keep going with the drama because it's very much in the vein of every last one of them except on steroids i guess <laughs> right right it sounds like you are um uh, one of those who's got a movie coming out a movie you're making and another movie you're editing all at once uh, one of those uh i think guys. yeah i mean i'll be editing three movies in in a month so i, I, Jeez. I, I leave for another movie on friday so oh my god it's good it's good it's it's all good problems to have so it's great. Um, okay. The movie is called Every Last One of Them. It comes out in theaters on demand and digital on October 22nd. We'd like to thank uh, Christian Sesma for giving us his time. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. Uh, that's going to do it for this interview. It's Chris Atkinson and Jonathan Watkins. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, 
Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit CinemaSins.com.